This episode of Sturdy Wheelbarrows is sponsored by the Groundhog Adulterer 2, the new wheelbarrow from Groundhog Wheelbarrows that converts into a temporary shelter for you when you've been kicked out of your home for committing adultery. The Adulterer 2 functions as a traditional wheelbarrow during the day, but at nighttime you can turn it upside down and crawl underneath for a great night's sleep. It's the ideal wheelbarrow to sleep under until your partner comes down and lets you back into the spare room. Use the discount code SORRYDARLING on our website for a 2% discount. From winter through to spring On building sites and farms My wheelbarrow helps me transport things Too heavy, too heavy For my arms Too heavy For my arms Hi there, wheelbarrowers. My name is Michael, and you're very welcome to Sturdy Wheelbarrows, the podcast by a wheelbarrow enthusiast for wheelbarrow enthusiasts. This week, we've got a very special business edition of Sturdy Wheelbarrows, in which we'll be learning from some of the great industry leaders in the wheelbarrow business about how to make a career out of wheelbarrows. First up, though, We've had a huge reaction to this week's Guess That Wheelbarrow sound. I asked if you could identify this sound. I thought it was an easy one, but unfortunately nobody got it right. The closest was Stacy who asked if it was a wheelbarrow filled with carrots at the side of a busy road. Not quite, Stacy. The correct answer was, of course, a wheelbarrow filled with parsnips at the side of a busy road. I'll be posting a new Guess That Wheelbarrow sound on our Sturdy Wheelbarrows Twitter page, at Sturdy Podcast, later today, so do keep an ear out for that. Now, one of the great modern wheelbarrow business leaders is Killian Hennessy, who has set up many wheelbarrow businesses over the years. I had the pleasure of speaking with Killian earlier today, and I asked him about his latest startup company, Wheelbarrow Croutons. Killian, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Wheelbarrow Croutons? Because it's quite a unique and innovative business venture, isn't it? So how it works is that I fill up my wheelbarrow with croutons every morning and then I wheel it around town looking for people who are eating soup. Mm. And then when I spot a soup eater, I just go up to them and say, Hi, yeah, I've got a wheelbarrow full of croutons here. You know, would you like to buy some to dip in your soup? And what sort of responses do you typically get? I mean, presumably people are delighted and grateful to have this convenient crouton service on hand to liven up their soup. Yeah, absolutely. They absolutely love it. It's, I mean, you know, obviously this is a business first and foremost, and, mm. you know, I'm in it to make a profit. Mm, um, but honestly, you know, see, seeing the smiles on people's faces when I scoop my croutons into their soup, you know, for me, that's the thing that makes it all worthwhile. Well, it's an ingenious idea. 
Um, it, it's one of those things that society, I think, didn't know it needed until someone thought of it. Yeah. And can you tell us, Killian, what inspired you to create wheelbarrow croutons? Well, it's actually an interesting story. So what it was, was that I was eating a slightly underwhelming mushroom soup at a local mm. restaurant recently. And, and I said to the waiter, I said, could I have some extra croutons, please? Mm. And he said, sorry, sir, we're out of croutons. And he was mortified. Yeah. I mean, he, he could not have been more apologetic. Now, I'm not blaming him or no. the restaurant even, you know, but it it just made me realise that there, there needed to be an accessible stockpile of croutons that soup lovers could call upon in an emergency. Now, some people, not wheelbarrow fans, I hasten to add, might be out there now saying, OK, great idea, Killian. There does need to be an emergency reserve of croutons, but is the wheelbarrow necessary? Couldn't he transport them in, say, baskets or maybe even in a van? What would you say to those people, Killian? Uh, Well, I mean, to those people, I'd say, could you have a day without sunshine? Yeah. Mm. You know, could, could you live a year without seeing the first flowers of spring? Of course you could. Could could you go your entire life without ever seeing a rainbow? Hmm. I'm sure you could. But the real question, Michael, is would you want to? Like, is, no. is, is that any way to live exactly? Because that is how I feel about wheelbarrows. Hmm. You know, who, who wants to live without joy and art and wheelbarrows? You know, could, not me. Well, me either, Michael. So could I run my business without a wheelbarrow? Well, maybe I could, yeah. Why would I want to? I mean, what kind of life would that be? A joyless one, Killian. Exactly, Michael, exactly. You know, I I mean, I've I've started many businesses in my life. Wheelbarrow shoes, wheelbarrow walkie-talkies, wheelbarrow wedding dresses, (laughs) wheelbarrow wheelbarrows. Mm. And they've all had two things in common, right? Yes. One... They've all gone bankrupt within the first six months, owing thousands to my creditors. And two, they all gave me the joy of working with wheelbarrows. And I aim to continue that pattern until my last breath. That's such an inspiring attitude, Killian. And I think other business owners could and should learn a lot from you. Mm -hmm. But I believe that Wheelbarrow Croutons has faced some criticism, hasn't it? most notably from the Food Safety Authority. Can you tell us about the objections they've had to your wheelbarrow croutons business? (sighs) Yeah. um, Yeah, they've been an absolute nuisance. um, Mm. Absolute disgrace. Yes. Uh, They've they've been in my back for weeks trying to shut me down. How come? Jealousy. Jealousy is uh, the main reason, Michael. They're Mm. they're, rather jealous of my success. I... I think they're they're jealous that I thought of wheelbarrow croutons before they did, you know. Mm. Um, and also they claim my wheelbarrow is totally unsuitable for holding food because I don't clean it. And that's a lie? Uh, no, it's it's true. I haven't cleaned the inside of it in weeks, but that's because it's got croutons in it. Oh. I, mean, I mean, what did they expect me to do? I mean, take the croutons out and clean the wheelbarrow? That would mm. take me hours. Like, I yeah. don't have that sort of time. I'm... T- I'm Trying to run a business here, you know? Well, could you maybe clean it the next time you run out of croutons? Well, I mean, potentially, yeah. Um, 
But I don't know when that'll be because I top it up with new croutons every night, so... Okay, and that's presumably to replace the croutons that you sold that day. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's mm. that's the, the one, you know, the one thing that I promise to all my customers is that I will never run out of croutons. Never. Mm. You know, I, I don't make many promises to my customers, Michael. I don't promise the croutons will be fresh. I don't promise that there aren't tiny shards of broken glass among my croutons. But the one thing I can absolutely guarantee is that I will never run out of croutons. And can I ask, how many croutons do you carry on your daily route? Well, um, in the wheelbarrow itself, it's exactly 7,000 croutons. Mm. That's the maximum number of croutons you're legally allowed to transport in a wheelbarrow. Oh, okay. uh, but if you include the additional croutons that I carry in my pocket, it's, I mean, technically 7,012. Mm. Uh, I call those my overflow croutons. Mm. And just in terms of the Food Safety Authority, they've ordered you to cease trading immediately, haven't they? Is that something that worries you? Uh, absolutely not. No. Because the thing that a lot of people don't know about the Food Safety Authority is that they have to serve a closure notice to the premises in person. Okay. And and that's another benefit of my premises, being a wheelbarrow. You know, I'm always on the move. You know, a wheelbarrow doesn't have an address. Mm. And if they can't catch me, then they can't shut me down. Yeah. You know, I'm one step ahead of them all of the time, thanks to my trusty wheelbarrow. Mm. And finally, Killian, where can listeners find you if they're planning to eat soup today and they feel like perhaps they may need some extra croutons? I can't say that on air, I'm afraid, Michael. Not with the authorities on my trail. It's too dangerous. Mm. Um, So what I say to all my customers is you won't find wheelbarrow croutons. Wheelbarrow croutons will find you. Thanks to Killian there for joining me earlier. And following my chat with Killian, I decided to head out and about on the streets to have a chat with the public and see if they had any ideas for wheelbarrow businesses of their own. Hi, uh, could I have a moment of your time? No. No? Okay, thank you. Hi. Would you mind answering a quick question about wheelbarrows? No, thanks. Okay. No problem. Can I, hi, um, can I ask you a question about wheelbarrows? Okay. Okay. Do you have any ideas for businesses that involve wheelbarrows? Mm, nope. No? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Do you have any ideas for a business that would be based on wheelbarrows? No. Okay, thank you. Hi there. Um, any ideas for a business based on wheelbarrows? No. Okay, thank you. Hi there. Do you have any ideas for a new wheelbarrow-based business idea? No. Okay, thanks. Thanks to everyone who stopped and chatted there. Always great to discuss wheelbarrows with the general public. Now, there's no better example of someone turning wheelbarrows into a successful career than world's strongest wheelbarrower, Elliot Dalton. Elliot joined us on the show last week to discuss his wheelbarrow lifting career, and this week I thought it would be very inspirational for us all to hear about the first time Elliot ever pushed a wheelbarrow. They say you never forget your first wheelbarrow. For me, 
It was Thursday, the 2nd of July, 1992. That was the day I pushed my first wheelbarrow. My dad, who was foreman of the building site, told me and my twin brother that we wouldn't be going to school that morning. Instead, we were going to spend the day with dad on the site. We were 12 years old and we were about to have the best day of our lives. When we got there, Dad taught us how to safely load a wheelbarrow with bricks and tools, and then how to safely transport the wheelbarrow around the site. It was a magical experience. My brother and I took to it so naturally that Dad brought us back the next day. And the following week too. And the week after that. He even told me to bring my school friends along, so that he could lay off his usual work crew and hire all of us kids instead. We couldn't believe our luck. Now, unfortunately, it ended quite suddenly, and we had to go back to school when Dad was arrested and sentenced to several decades in jail for recklessly violating child labour laws. He won't be eligible for parole until 2041, so he's missed almost all the milestone events in my life. But he taught me how to push my first wheelbarrow, and that was the most important milestone of all. One of the most widely respected business leaders in the wheelbarrow industry is friend of the show and curator of the European Wheelbarrow Museum, Tina Bobshaw. And Tina is here to give some advice on how to follow her path by making it big in the wheelbarrow business. Welcome, Tina. Actually, Michael, I'd I'd prefer it if we could discuss my stolen wheelbarrow. Um, I just think that if I give advice on how to succeed in the wheelbarrow business, people might just use that to focus on themselves and, and their own needs rather than mine. And that's just not something I would ever want to happen. Okay, well, can we come back to that afterwards, maybe? Honestly, Michael, I, I think you're putting the cart before the um what's the, before what's what's the animal that pulls the cart horse no no that's not it it is it's cart before the horse it's not um it is anyway tell you what leave it with me and then it'll come to me but yeah what i guess what i'm what i am saying is is that there is no point in telling people how to work in the wheelbarrow business if they're just going to end up having their wheelbarrow stolen just Mm. like well basically what's happened to me isn't it um Mm. that's just setting people up for disappointment and pain so we need to solve the issue of the wheelbarrow theft before we do anything else yeah we can do that okay so As listeners will be aware, the infamous wheelbarrow of death was stolen from Tina's workplace, the European Wheelbarrow Museum, recently. And uh, I believe Tina is now going to uh, provide us with an update. Is that right, Tina? Yep. Um, So last week, um, I'm sure that you all remember, I made a very moving public appeal for information regarding my stolen wheelbarrow and Mm -hmm. my kidnapped granddad yes now this is your granddad who was kidnapped when you were a child and who's still being held hostage is that right correct but i actually i I haven't had time to look at any of the messages about my granddad's whereabouts i've just been too busy dealing with the information sightings about my stolen wheelbarrow so 
I've spent all week following up on those leads. And any breakthroughs? Well, I've just driven four and a half hours to a fish farm in the middle of nowhere because I received a report from someone saying that they'd spotted my wheelbarrow there. And was it your wheelbarrow? No, it was a bicycle. And that's actually what I want to talk about, Michael. A lot of people seem to be getting their kicks from, you know, sending me on a wild goose chase. Um, Mm. I won't name names because I don't want to give them the satisfaction. But the person who told me they'd seen my wheelbarrow in the bouncy castle at a nine-year-old girl's birthday party yesterday needs to take a serious look at themselves mm. um, and they also need to apologize to Isabel for ruining her birthday party because I'm not going to take responsibility for that no. um, I did what I had to do I'm comfortable with that mm. um, I've said that to little Isabel and to her parents and if she can't see that and they can't see that well that's their problem what did you have to do? Again, Michael, you're focusing on the wrong thing. That's not what's important. What is important... The, the wheelbarrow. It's the wheelbarrow. Yes. Mm. Basically, people need to be aware that wasting a museum curator's time is a, it's actually a very serious offence and you can get prison time for it Mm. um a lot of people are behind bars today for that very crime and you can check the private files of any prison if you don't believe me they they probably won't give them to you mind because that's incredibly sensitive information that can't possibly be shared with the public but it does exist and i am confident of that Mm -hmm. okay so uh so please everyone do not waste tina bob shaw's time Uh, I ask that you show some respect to her as a person and, of course... And a human being. And a human being, yes. Um, And, of course, as a leader in the wheelbarrow business, perhaps most importantly of all. Yeah, and, Michael, I don't... I just... I don't want this to discourage genuine informants. I've Mm. got all the time in the world for them. Yeah. My message to them is it's better to tell me what you think you've seen and risk being wrong and going to jail than to keep it to yourself Mm, silence kills in the wheelbarrow industry that's just how it is in this game Mm, yes so i'm out of the museum following up on a lead at the moment Mm -hmm. um but people can still contact ollie with what they know okay um ollie of course being the wheelbarrow restorer at the museum i think i'm right in saying correct um, never met a wheelbarrow he couldn't improve as Ollie. Mm-hmm. Um, very skilled, very thorough, and without doubt, the best in the biz. And is there a phone number or an email address at which people can get in contact with Ollie with information? Doesn't have a phone in the workshop, too distracting, um, but he does have an official museum email address. Okay. He, he won't check that though because he doesn't use computers never has never will um so just well just give him the information the next time you see him Hmm. or if you see his wife elizabeth i think that's her name um give the information to her and hopefully this elizabeth character if that is in fact her real name will remember to tell ollie 
and that is his name. Um, well, he was born Oliver, but we call him Ollie. Mm. Um, I know it's only one syllable shorter, but over many months and years, that one fewer syllable does does result in a lot of time saved. So yeah, okay. Well, uh, thank you very much, Tina Bobshaw. Thank you, Michael. Okay. And that's all for this special business edition of Sturdy Wheelbarrows. Hopefully you've all learned a lot about... Actually, Michael. Tina. She's dead. Who? Elizabeth, Ollie's wife. Oh. I've just, I've just remembered that. So it's... So it, oh, God. With that in mind, it's probably best if people do speak to Ollie not to mention his dead wife. Um, mm. That... That would be, well, completely inappropriate, so... Yeah, yeah, it, okay. Um, right, uh, thank you again, Tina Bobshaw. Thank you. And that's all for this special business edition of Sturdy Wheelbarrows. Hopefully you've all learned a lot about the wheelbarrow industry today, and I look forward to seeing many of you working with wheelbarrows in the future. It's a horse, by the way, Michael. I've just looked it up. It's it's a horse. From winter through to spring On building sites and farms My wheelbarrow helps me transport things Too heavy, too heavy For my arms Too heavy